0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Speaking to Stacy. Let me do my medical disclaimer to begin with. I have created this podcast and website including any references, links or other knowledge resources for informational purposes only. I do not provide any medical or professional advice on the website and podcast. Anything said should not be taken as a replacement for medical, clinical, professional advice, diagnosis or medical intervention. If you take any action or inaction as a result of any of the content you consume on the website and podcast, this is based solely on your decision and I cannot be held liable for any of the consequences of such action or inaction. Right, with that important information out the way, let me introduce my guest. This week I welcome Jade Simon back onto the podcast. Jade is my older sister and somebody who works in the health and fitness space. As some of you already know, she works for a company called Jeff Fit based out of Cape Town, South Africa. This week Jade and I sat down and spoke about our experiences as amateur bodybuilders. And I think it's quite a unique insight into the lifestyle of an amateur bodybuilder. It's not all the glitz and glam that you see from the outside. So I hope you guys enjoy this unique show. Today, I've got my sister Jade back with us. And today, we thought it would be, sorry, Jade. we thought it would be awesome to chat a bit about our experiences as amateur bodybuilders. Um, we think we can maybe give some insight to those people who are either interested in getting into bodybuilding or maybe perhaps those that are in the sport already, new to the sport and kind of finding their feet and need some help figuring out where to go next. And Absolutely. maybe Jadals, uh, you can, it will be nice, I think, because as I said, before we started the show, it's nice to give insight to both the male side of the sport and the female side. because I think there are some yeah. quite big differences between, especially the, the categories of bodybuilding.
1: Yeah, sure. It feels like a lifetime ago. Hey? I still can't believe that it was like just the other day. I mean, not really, but yeah, yeah it was the other day. Crazy. I yes, just feel like anything so. before COVID feels like about a decade ago.
0: <laughs> it's weird, hey? It, it really, I don't know why everyone I've spoken to seems to feel that way. I don't yeah. know why that is the case, but I feel exactly the same. I feel like pre-COVID life literally feels like five or more years ago, and yeah. it was not even three years ago. It's very, very really strange.
1: I know. I know. So, I mean, maybe we should start with Why? The why I think behind we got why we got into it. Um, yes, I don't know. Maybe you want to kick off and tell us a little bit about your why, my boy, and then we can go from there. I don't know. I, I would be inter- actually interested to hear what your why is. Um, if it's similar to mine or it's completely different.
0: I think it'll maybe be very different. I mm. don't. I don't actually know if I've ever spoken to many people about the why. Um, I. I was, how old was I at the time? I was, let me think. When did you compete in that show that I watched in Cape Town? Do you remember what year CTICC. that was? Yes. Uh Yes.
1: That would have been 2015.
0: Okay, so 2015. All right, so in 2015. 20, 2014,
1: 2015, right about there. Give it All time.
0: right okay. Uh, I think it was 2014. I think it was 2014. Um, But regardless of, of exactly which year it was, that was the first time I'd gone to watch a live bodybuilding event that wasn't regular bodybuilding. Okay, so just to give a little insight into what I'm saying here is that I'd watched bodybuilding before, but I'd watched open bodybuilding. So for those of you familiar to the sport, it would be like what you'd see at Mr. Olympia like Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the day or, you know, Phil Heath, Big Ramy at the moment, the the big names at the moment. Um, So I would only have seen the full-on guys in tight bodybuilding speedos, huge guys, over 120 kilos type bodybuilding. I'd only seen that sort of thing. And the reason why is because up until very recently, so if we go back to 2014, 2015, up until recently, the sport – Hadn't really grown as much as it has as it has now. So I, th-
1: I think it almost was. It almost seemed like it was inaccessible. That it was for, for that elite group of extreme people. This is exactly. the perception, right? Um, yes. Those massive oaks who gym, who sit in the weight section of the gym all day, huffing and puffing. It's almost like this negative, not necessarily a negative connotation, but the sense of like, it's the, they're the untouchables. Not not everyone looks like that. Not everyone aspires to be a bodybuilder. So therefore, I can't relate to that. That it's 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 that yeah that sense of it's it's, yes. it's an other.
0: Yes, and I think also what that did is, for people like myself, as much as I respected bodybuilders, I never looked at men's open bodybuilders and thought to myself, hmm, one day I would love to look like that. I just thought to me, even though, I still watch men's open bodybuilding because. Mm. I still find it very, very fascinating. Yeah, it's amazing. It's just, yeah, it's just personally something that I never aspired to be. I never wanted to look like that because yes. on the one hand, I knew the extreme lifestyle required to look like that wasn't for me. Yes. And I knew that also from a health point of view that it just seemed patently obvious to me that living like that cannot be good for your health. So, and it's not sustainable. Yes, it's not sustainable. Um, <clears throat> and then, obviously, you've got all the stories and bodybuilding surrounding uh, premature deaths and guys that are older now who whose bodies are completely messed up from the heavy weights that they were throwing around. So yeah, yeah. that kind of always put me off. So going back to what happened in twenty, I think it was twenty fourteen. Tw- well, in twenty fourteen, right. I watched I watched Jade compete in Cape Town, and if I. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jade. I think that was a Mr. and Mrs. Fitness show.
1: Yes, it was. Mr. and Mrs. Okay. Fitness. Yeah, that's correct. Okay.
0: And so I watched Jade compete in that. And as part of that show, they'd managed to get Ryan Terry, oh, who is a amazing. professional yes, professional British body bodybuilder. But he competes in what they call the physique division. So he was there. And Ryan, I would say the year before… Had kind of started blowing up as a yes. international name on the circuit, so yes. he was a, a kind of a new face on the block. But just such a wonderful human being, yeah. and oh, yeah, had, you had time. Had a nice chat with him. Yes, yeah. Like I had already known who he was, and I was, to be honest, a little bit of a fanboy. So I did, <laughs> I did enjoy especially enjoyed his, his look. His physique is very, very aesthetically pleasing. So Yeah,
1: so just, just to give you guys a bit of a background, if you don't know who Ryan Terry is, first of all, do yourself a favor and go and follow him on Instagram because he's in, he's an incredible human and he's just like what he's done for the sport is just epic. But he's also that typical like men's health look, for, like a kind of model yes. look. If you're, trying to, if you're trying to understand what we're talking about for, when we say physique, he's that r- shredded, lean, but like very more like I'd say more like what society would deem aesthetically pleasing generally more so. Um, so, yeah, very much like a men's health magazine cover model
0: vibe. Yes. So he was there at the show, and I realized, I was talking to him, and now look, I'm not trying to insinuate that I was anywhere near his size because back then, although he was a lot smaller than he is now, he was not huge. mm he was, I looked at him and I thought to myself, do you know what, with the right diet, with the right training, and obviously knowing what I know, knew then and knowing what I know now, mm-hmm. I knew that there would also be, there's also performance enhancing drugs that would have to be incorporated into the training all that thing. I looked at his physique and I thought to myself, that is not as impossible to imagine as it is to be an, a men's open bodybuilder. Yes. And then... After meeting him, I felt sort of very much like, hmm, this is something maybe I could think about doing. And then watching the people compete, so watching Jade and her fellow competitors competing, and then also watching the men especially compete, I saw a guy called, uh, I think he's, you remember Tian, Jade? He won that year. Yeah. So Tian won that year. And I looked at his physique, and I just thought to myself, wow, that guy's got an incredible physique. And again, same thing with Ryan. He... Looked incredible, but it didn't look outrageous. It didn't look impossible to achieve. Yes. And in my eyes, it just looks like such an incredible physique. Because as Jade said, you know, it's that men's co- cover help cover health look. Sorry, men's health cover look. That's what I'm looking for. Men's health <laughs> cover look. And um, yeah, he, he and Ryan Terry and Jade, the three things combined, those three people actually really influenced me on that day and I left that show saying to myself in a year's time you will this. be on stage competing as one of those people. So yeah. that was it for me. That was my why. Like I just I'd always been intrigued and interested in doing mm. some bodybuilding. Um but that show, watching that show and seeing those guys, seeing Ryan, seeing Tian and seeing Jade compete really inspired me to then follow in in their footsteps. So that's my why. That's why I wanted to do it. I just, yeah, I felt really, really inspired by attending a fitness show as they would, as they would call it. And yeah, I just loved that whole, the whole day and speaking to people and, And walking around the expo and seeing how positive everyone was, just really was intoxicating. So absolutely, and
1: and everyone's just so passionate about health and fitness. Whether they are there, you know, representing a uh, you know supplement company, or they're selling gym equipment, or they're an athlete themselves, whatever, or a coach even. Um, You know, it's it, it it it's yeah. Unless you're in it or unless you know about it or familiar about it, familiar with the sport, it's actually a lot more accessible than people realize. Um, and a lot more people do it than, than you know, and compete than than you realize. And I think that's really sort of come about more and more, I'd say, in the last five to 10 years. I would say pre that, it probably still was very much this like elite, oh, it's only a, like a small percentage of the population that actually like are interested in this kind of thing. So yeah, and I mean, for me, in terms of my why, I don't know just because I've always been quite a quite a muscular girl like I've naturally picked up muscle and always been quite an athletic built person I kind of felt like I was almost had like an advantage physically and um I, I just to to me in my head was a bit like oh why not I, I don't think I ever um, you know, I don't think I ever really look, I probably should have done more research into it. I should have pulled a bit of a Stacy, guys. For those of you who don't know, my brother, oh my gosh, this oak can research a thing. Hey, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> whereas like for me, um, I kind of, when I make decisions, it's more on like impulse and emotion, um, on things. Um, but I'd say for my why I'd always been interested in bodybuilding, um, always found it exceptionally fascinating. Always had an incredible amount of respect for, for athletes who can make those types of sacrifices and have a kind of dedication and commitment. I mean, it really is just so admirable. And um, our, our father, actually, our dad actually did some amateur bodybuilding himself uh, in his 20s. So, um, yeah, so I think it's always, you know, we, we were the family that always had like gym memberships, <laughs> even from a very young age um, even pre before Virgin active was ever even in South Africa. So, um, yeah, so I think the thing that solidified it for me where I was like, okay, I want to do this thing was I was actually at, at Virgin active. Uh, I was doing a spinning class and the spinning instructor, um, her name is Jody Cadets. She's actually one of my friends now. Um, but honestly I looked at her, I was like, this chick has the nicest legs I think I've ever seen on a female. <laughs> just like so athletic, so um like muscular, but not overly bulky. Like she just, she had great legs. And I was like, it must be because she's a cyclist. I'm assuming she's a cyclist because she's a spinning instructor. Anyway, Cape Town being as small as it is, I basically learned or figured out that actually she's an amateur bodybuilder uh, or fitness model as as it's now sort of more referred to. Um, and, um, yeah, long story short, I thought that for me was almost like a sign, like, geez, why don't I give this a go? And Jody was a coach. She was, um, um, you know, coaching, coaching women in, in, in fitness modeling. And that was pretty much, that was pretty much it. The rest is history, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, very, very cool, um, experience. And, um, Jody being at that time, uh, competing in IFBB competitions or, um, shows, um, she was very much, um, an advocate for, um, natural, uh, natural bodybuilding, um, and that space. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Very, very inspiring.
1: Awesome.
0: And when you met J- Jody, was that, were you still in Cape Town at that time or had you moved up to Jo'burg already?
1: No, no, no. Um, so, oh yeah, Sherbet, Sherbert Herbert, you're right. Crikey. I can't believe I forgot all about that. Stace, what would I do without you, man? So, okay, roll back a bit. Okay, uh, rewind the clock. A year before that, Stacey's quite right, I was living in Jo'burg. And in Jo'burg, the bodybuilding scene is
0: huge. Huge, huge, So it is
1: humongous. I don't know if maybe it's because Johannesburg or Gauteng doesn't have a beach, so everyone spends their life in the gym. I don't know. But the gym and the the, the health culture there is, I feel like it's almost bigger than it is in Cape Town, which I think most people maybe find a bit strange because Cape Town, it's more of like an outdoorsy lifestyle. There's beaches, there's mountains. Uh, and don't get me wrong, people are exceptionally active and outdoorsy here. But there's very much – I don't know, I just got the sense there was a bigger gym culture in, 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 in the Johannesburg area. So, yeah. I, I mean, jeez, I was in the gym five, six times a, a week, and I very much um, – sort of that's when I sort of came into contact with bodybuilding more like in my face kind of thing. Cause you could see the athletes in the gyms and yeah, I did some research and actually found a coach there. Um, and, and Stacey is quite right. So I did my first ever show. It was in Joburg. Um, sure. It was, it was quite an experience. Um, so for me, um, I, when I first approached, um, you know the coach, and I don't really want to mention names because I don't want to make anyone, you know, call anyone out or make anyone feel bad because I, I don't think it was the coach's fault. I think it was just the the circumstances she was in at the time in her life. You know, her mom was very sick, and um, I, in hindsight, I look back now, she didn't really have the emotional uh, and maybe even the psychological capacity in her life to maybe focus on her athletes and how they were tracking in terms of their progress. So the show that I competed in was Mister and Miss uh, Body Beautiful essay and that was twenty twelve. Okay. Um, and yeah, I when I approached, um, you know, when I approached the the coach, female, um, I wasn't I was in good shape. Like I wasn't I certainly wasn't um, carrying extra kilos or anything. I was for for for, for an average normal person. <laughs> I guess you can go down the path of like what is normal, but you know the average human who isn't a bodybuilder. I would say um, I was in good shape. You know, um, I was lean but not too lean. Um, yeah, I, lo- I looked I looked good. Um, so for me, I probably didn't necessarily need to um, to cut uh, to 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 lose weight. I probably just needed to focus on cutting and maybe just defining. The muscle that was already there, you know, maybe just, maybe just prep, prep for eight weeks rather than 12 in hindsight. But I ended up, um, signing up and I think I'm about like 13 weeks, um, out from the, from the body, Mr. Body Beautiful essay. And, um, yeah, geez, uh, ended up probably started the show. I was, I'm I'm 1.1, I'm 171 in height. And in kilograms, gosh, I don't know what that is in pounds, but in kilograms, I was probably sitting at about 68, 67, 68 kilograms. So for my height, I was bang on, you know, I wasn't, yeah. So started the prep 13 weeks out from the competition and, um, yeah, just probably because, because of my personality, I am an all or nothing person. And because I have the tendency when I do something, I'd give it 150% focus. I... I really probably could have done with like a cheat meal probably once a week (laughs) Uh, because I ended up dropping body fat and weight. I probably lost muscle mass as well far too quickly. I mean, by the time I stepped on stage, I was, I was skeletal. I looked ill. I really did. And um, I don't like to talk about myself in a negative space. I don't want to, you know, like I'm not trying to body shame or, make myself feel you know shit but if i look back at those photographs i didn't look healthy um you know ended up weighing uh, i also the water dropped as well i mean yes in hindsight
0: when you when you say water drop did you did you use diuretics to do it or was it a natural drop of water
1: yeah full disclosure guys i'll tell you from the beginning i've never um i've never taken any um sports um what are they called Sport enhancing,
0: yeah. performance, um, enhancing drugs. performance
1: enhancing drugs I did use um I did use um distilled water so you okay. buy it in bulk from dischem and then I also used um you know there's like water tablets I don't even know if they work <laughs> to be honest um but like they is it like
0: a natural natural uh, diuretic
1: like a natural diuretic yeah but like I a think,
0: dandelion, like, root yes, dandelion root yes
1: dandelion root that's exactly it yes okay yes exactly it yeah
0: i'm also not uh, to be honest i'm not 100 sure if they do work but some people swear by that stuff so um, yeah it's probably more of a placebo vibe yeah
1: yeah yeah. interesting who knows who knows but yeah and i I would actually say sorry to interrupt interrupt you last thing quickly i would probably say from like the waist down i was the right i was the right size my my legs were cut you you could really make out like the, the my my quadricep my calves my hammies they look good but from the waist up I looked I looked very thin so physically I hold more weight in my lower body um, so I, yeah I would definitely say from the from the waist up it, it, I looked I looked lean, a little bit too lean I would say in hindsight
0: okay and also I'm guessing that because it's your first time on stage. Mm. You also don't know how your body's responding to certain yeah. things, so absolutely. you're kind of you're flying, flying in the dark, in the dark a little bit. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And then going back to what I said earlier about the coach. Again, I'm not going to put blame on anybody because I also think that um, you know you've also got to take some personal responsibility as well. Even though I was naive to the sport, I, I personally don't think, given what she was going through. Um, that um, she was really keeping an eye on me the way I probably needed to be. Like, uh, you you probably find someone who, you know, w- if who if was looking after me a little bit more would have probably said, like, sure, but Jade, you actually are you cutting a lot quicker than I would have thought. Uh, you know, let's, let's rather, you know, slow down a little bit or start incorporating a, a cheat meal or, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yes, 100%, yeah. Staying okay, up. that's very... That's very interesting, yeah, so um, maybe moving on from the why, maybe we can talk a little bit more about that first show experience so i'll mm-hmm. I'll talk a bit about mine. You've already sort of given a little insight into your first show experience,
1: yeah
0: um, but maybe you can go into a little bit more depth. Um, so for me, I like Jade, uh, didn't really know what I was doing in the first in the first show that I was doing. All I knew is is that I wanted to look a certain way, so I did a ton of research. Um, I unfortunately, at the time, couldn't afford to pay for a coach because I was still a university student. So, um, I was basically going off a lot of uh, what they call sort of pro science, I guess. I <laughs> love that pro science. Pro science. I didn't have any. I didn't have any formal training or anything like that in bodybuilding or personal training, anything like that. But I had a friend who was a coach and I had uh, a mate of mine, my best friend, who also knew a coach at Virgin Active very well. So he put me in touch with him and he said, look, he'll give me as much assistance as he can, but given that his schedule was busy, he couldn't be very hands-on with me, but he gave me a hell of a lot of good advice and direction on where to go and how to do things. Um, and he also helped me build a nutrition plan and that I paid for, that I could afford. Um, and that sort of got me on the right track, I guess. But that first time around, I really was experimenting. I was trying to figure out what works for me, what doesn't work for me. Yes, And I started my cut a lot earlier than most people because i felt like i don't want to cut aggressively i wanted to do it gradually because i was worried of depleting too quickly with an aggressive cut so what happened Which is to what jade happened to me. yes yes so i was scared of that and it wasn't because i'd seen that happen to jade because at the time as jade mentioned she was living up in joburg i'd only seen pictures and in my mind looking at jade I will admit, I did think she looked a little bit like she'd lost a bit too much weight. Mm. But on the other side of the coin, I still respected the fact that, you know, she said she was going to do a show, she put her mind to it, and she did the show. How many people have said they're going to do a show and then never step on stage because either they back out because they're worried about what other people think, or they they realize, oh, the dieting is not for me, or the training is too Mm. intense, I don't want to do this. So yes, on one hand, maybe she missed the mark on that day on that show. Um, yeah. It still was a very big accomplishment, putting yourself out a- there and, absolutely. and walking I mean, on stage. Who,
1: who would say that? Who in this world? What percentage of the human race would say, "Cool, I'm going to exercise like like a motherfucker"? Excuse my language. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna train five six times a week. I'm going to be exceptionally restrictive with my nutrition. So basically. Boring eating for for, for the for, for the average human, and then I'm also going to choose to get into a bikini and stand on a stage in that bikini um, for people to look at me and judge me. I mean, the concept for most people is just bizarre.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, sorry, going back to my experience, I was I was a little bit naive, I okay. guess, in terms of preparation like i i think naive and stubborn so i think when i said to myself in a year's time you should be on stage competing i kind of made that promise to myself not really realizing that i would need a lot more time to get my body ready to compete than that so i think i rushed into it a bit okay um, but as Jade said earlier, I unfortunately am too an all or nothing person. So I had promised myself that I'd compete. So me backing out from that, I would have been my worst critic, and I would have, yes. I would have, it would have been more negative for me to just back out and not do it than to just follow through with my conviction. So I was definitely not ready in terms of a muscular development point. I hadn't put in enough kilos. I hadn't had. I just hadn't had enough time in the gym. Um, I had only started training just over a year before I stepped on stage properly. Look, I'd done some training in my earlier days, but it was mostly, um, just for a bit of strength related to playing rugby. I'd never trained like a bodybuilder. Um, so it was a very, very different journey. And for me, I... I'm trying to remember now when exactly I made the decision that I was going to use some PEDs. I think, mm. I think I'd committed to that, the idea of it because I had gone and watched uh, another bodybuilding show, but it wasn't a a physique show like I was interested in. It was another amateur open bodybuilder show out in the northern suburbs in Cape Town.
1: Was it an IBB show?
0: I think so. Yes, I it think must it was.
1: Have been. So, for those of you and who don't know, sorry to interrupt, says There are different federations, bodybuilding federations in the world. IFBB is probably, should we argue, say it's the biggest?
0: Definitely the biggest, yeah. Definitely
1: the biggest. And it stands for the International Federation of Bodybuilding and Fitness, IFBB. And that is, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Stace, that is the federation through which um, Mr. Olympia falls under as well. Yes, yes. So So it is certainly the biggest and probably the most well-known.
0: Yes. And so I went to go watch a shot there and… A friend of mine was watching his friend compete, so I went and joined up with him, and we watched the show together and afterwards i was I was there now as someone interested in competing, so I wanted to speak to guys and girls in the industry to find out you know what is this all about what does it take um, mm. you know are you guys i I had an inkling that that especially in the men 's category i'm I'm not so much sure about the women's, but I had the inkling that the guys at the top end, the guys who are winning the trophies, the guys who are finishing the top three, four, five mm. were using steroids. So I wanted to know for sure, is what I'm thinking true or is there a way to get around this naturally? And after having spoken to guys in the sport, it it was 100% apparent to me that all the top guys were using stuff. And to be competitive in the, in the sport you are going to have to admit to yourself that that is something you need to be comfortable with doing. Um, If if you
1: want to do well.
0: If if you're just
1: doing it to follow through with the commitment you've made yourself, you want to enjoy the process of competing and prepping and stepping on stage and just having fun and not really worrying so much about where you place. I mean, I personally don't understand that because what, what you have to put your mind through your emotions, your psyche, your, your psyche, and your your physical, your, your body. What you have to put yourself through, um, the sacrifices. I, I personally don't understand why anyone would want to step on stage without the inclination to want to at least place. Yes,
0: exactly. uh, but if
1: that is, but if, if that's not not for you, then you, you, full disclosure, you don't have to take performance enhancing drugs. Yes, to Yes, you don't have
0: to, and there are also natural um, federations yes. where you can compete as a natural bodybuilder. The only thing that I've noticed, I mean, I'm not sure if that's different now, but uh, back uh, then, for sure, the natural bodybuilding was a tiny, tiny uh, uh, marketplace and small shows, and no one really went to watch them. And, yes, its it might sound a bit egotistical, but at the end of the day, when you walk on stage, you want to present your package to an audience. You know, you want to show people what you've put yourself through. I mean, there, uh, there obviously is the… The egotistical side of it, other and the narcissistic side of it—that's not everything about the sport, but it's part, no. it's part of the sport. I mean, it, it's it's you changing your body to look good, and as Jade said, to be judged. It's oh. it's part of the package of the sport. So of course. I looked I looked into both options. I, it's not like I just—it wasn't a flippant decision. I wasn't like, okay, cool. Now I'm going to use some steroids. I oh. looked into it in depth. I looked at the natural. I looked at the enhanced guys, and to me, I just thought that. If I'm going to body do bodybuilding, I'm going to do it properly, and I want to do it on the biggest stage as possible. So I want to do it in front of larger crowds rather than smaller crowds. And unfortunately, that didn't tell me deciding to to use steroids. And I only say unfortunately because the it's not the greatest thing for your health if you don't do if you don't know especially if you don't know what you're doing and if you don't know uh, where to source these things from and all that kind of stuff. So as a young person, it's a very Hectic decision to make.
1: Mm.
0: Um, How old were you when you
1: started to using, my boy?
0: I first took when I was twenty-five years old. So I wasn't—I okay. wasn't super young, and I'm very grateful for that. Like I see a lot of young guys. I don't know for sure, mm. um, but I can only suspect that they are using things, and they are very, very young, and God only knows where they're getting the stuff from. And the doses that they're using, and who's advising them on their protocols, and how much to oh. take. Yeah, so That's scary. Yeah, very scary. Yeah, it is. It is uh, very concerning. So, and if they're even going to doctor a doctor to get their blood work checked and all that kind yes. of stuff. So, yes, yeah, it's a it's a huge topic in and of itself. I'm I'm actually thinking of of uh, having a podcast fully dedicated to it, and I'm hoping to get in touch with a doctor who's a little bit more experienced about the topic than I am, or maybe someone from the internet like a guy, mm. there's a chap by the name of Derek who has a YouTube channel. If I could get him on and speak to him about it, it would be fascinating as well. So mm. I don't want to go too in-depth about protocols and things like that because I, I don't think I'm qualified to speak to that, but I just want to share my personal experience. So that I made that decision. And then um, the first thing that I do want to 100% admit to is that there was an immediate change – well, not immediate. There was a definite drastic change in my training, in my diet, and in my physique about four to six weeks after using steroids. So I think a lot of the misconception that people have is that you take steroids today and then all of a sudden tomorrow you like start blowing up. That's not how it works. Yeah. It takes time for the <laughs> testosterone to, to obviously synthesize properly in your body and – the training to start paying off and the diet to start paying off so yeah it also
1: and i think also please uh, make it also abundantly clear my boy that just because you take steroids doesn't mean all of a sudden you're going to develop muscle you actually still have to work really hard
0: exactly so that's also another big myth is that yes um although to be fair there are studies showing that people who use steroids and then don't necessarily train like bodybuilders they will see a growth in muscle regardless of how hard they train which is obvious um yes that we would we would expect to see that. However, the difference between the person who doesn't train hard and the person who does train hard is ridiculous. Like the gap yeah. is huge. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So another thing that people a misconception that people have is that if you just take steroids, then you are going to be a mass monster. Now, <sighs> I can be honest with everyone here one hundred percent. I have never weighed more than eighty one kilos. I was almost. Um, Almost, I guess, eighty-two kilos. I was almost eighty-two kilos at one point. And for anyone is, who
1: doesn't work in that um, metric, it's that's one hundred and eighty pounds.
0: Yes, roughly one hundred and eighty pounds. So I was not a huge guy by any any means. Look, I'm only in for the Americans. Um, I'm f- five foot six and a half. I'm about one hundred and sixty nine, one hundred and seventy centimeters tall. So I'm not a tall person either. Um, and that's obviously plays into my weight but i was never ever trying to be a mass monster ma- mass mm. monster and i don't think honestly that i have the genetics to be a mass monster mm, i mm. think i would have to be pretty extreme in yes. the things that i did to be to look anything like a mass monster so if i wanted to be like a 212 or a 212 compared as they say i would have had to have done i think a lot more Drugs, and I think I would have had to do a lot more eating, and that yeah. wasn't what I was going for. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. So, for my first show, I was having to experiment with protocols for PEDs. I was having to experiment with training, what did work, what didn't work, and I was also uh, messing around with calories, like how much should I be eating so that I gain weight but not too much fat um, and predominantly muscle. So for me, it was very much a learning experience, and. In my mind, I didn't really – it was really weird. Like I, I didn't for once think about how well I was going to do at the show or or I didn't even think about other competitors, to be honest. All I thought about was my process, trying to figure out – and I, I wrote a lot down in a, in a journal book. I actually don't know where that book is now. I might have even lost it, which is a bit sad. But I wrote down uh, sort of my daily musings and – if I noticed something that did or didn't work in terms of training, diet or, or, um, with my protocols, I then made notes that for the next time I could learn from that. And to me, that was the biggest thing about that first show. It wasn't really, I I thought it was unrealistic for me to think I would win the show because I was Mm. new to the sport, but what I could do my best, what I could control was me and what I was going through. So I wrote everything down and the, the, The one thing that I must say in that first show is about a week before I didn't. My biggest problem was I didn't know how to do a proper peak week, so I I think I got my peak week a a bit wrong, and I I got too flat before the show. Um, So those of you who don't know what I'm talking about is I I think I depleted too hard on carbohydrates i didn't have enough yeah. carbohydrates in my body and i didn't refeed carbohydrates i didn't refuel enough to get my yes. muscles to, to to like re to get the glycogen back into the muscles on the day of the show because so remember
1: when, when you step on stage your muscles need to look oh, i'm going to use very basic english here but your muscles also need almost need to look like plump
0: yes but, full. but
1: cut firm yes. and plump you mustn't look like, you mustn't look like, oh, gosh, give that guy a burger. Like, yes, you mustn't look soft. Your muscle still,
0: still needs to look hard. It mustn't yeah. look soft.
1: Yeah, you mustn't must look hard and full, and um but, but lean.
0: That sounds yes. it's like an
1: oxymoron, but
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for me, it was the hardest part for me in that first show. I actually enjoyed the entire process. Uh, my best friend often joked with me saying, like, geez, he's – I had like monk-like discipline. Like I was very disciplined mm. with my diet, very disciplined with my training. The hardest part for me actually was it wasn't the dieting, it wasn't the training. I I really loved that side of it. I struggled with knowing what I was doing. I didn't really yeah. know what the hell I was doing, so I think I missed a few things and um and going back now, I wish that I had been able to to get to work with a coach uh, maybe I could have reached out into the fitness community more and found someone who was willing to help me, um, and just explaining my financial position. Maybe they would have been able to to give me a little bit more hands on advice. But
1: yeah.
0: I just I learned so much about my own body and what does and doesn't work for me that the second time round, and, and we'll maybe speak about that a bit later. I'd looked way better and felt way better as well. So yes. the only downside that I did have on that first show was I the day of the show. I actually, I don't even know how I was functioning on the day because I realized after the show was over that the whole morning and leading up to the show and actually competing was an absolute blur. I don't remember, and not because it was busy and I was nervous or anything like that, but because I depleted so much in terms of carbohydrates that my brain didn't have enough glucose to know what was going on around me? Like I yeah. left. I remember I had for the day. I had packed some weights and things to pump up before the show. Just small weights to pump up before yeah. the show. And I even took, um, I don't know why, but I took hand wraps. So wraps for like deadlifts and things like that. I, I, I think they were just in my bag, in my gym bag that I keep with me. And I took them out to place on the table when I was pumping up. Just to get them out of the way while I was looking for the weights, mm. and I left them there. And when I got home later that day, I was looking for them, thinking to myself, "Now, where the hell are my wraps?" And I, I left them there. And Obviously, someone must have picked them up and taken them. But yeah. small things like that, like I just, I could, I, I, I couldn't find my car for a while after the after the show because I'd forgotten where I'd parked it. Um, sure,
1: boy, I didn't and know. And it was this. Not,
0: yeah, it was nothing to do with the nerves. It was honestly, I had complete and utter brain fog from from just not knowing what I was doing with my carbohydrates leading yes. up to the show. Yes. It's weird. Very, very sure. weird.
1: Sure. That's yeah. hectic. That's hectic. And how about so,
0: yourself, Jadels? What, um, what did you,
1: well, yeah, geez, for me, would you have any um, questions? Well, I did have a question, but let, let me, let me share my little bit first. Um, and then, and then we'll dive into some questions. But, um, yeah, for, for me, I think, um, I, that first show as well, I mean, I still it feels a bit like a blur. um, I remember the only thing I remember really that sort of stuck out for me other than being on stage. I mean, I loved being on stage. Um, I don't know about Stacy, but yeah, like not, not to toot my own horn, but, um, and it doesn't even need to be within the bodybuilding space, but I was definitely meant for the stage in some shape, way or form. Like in some, like I was meant to be up there entertaining in what space or shape or way. I don't know. But I kind of feel like home. I feel like at home when I'm at, when I'm on the stage. Um, and uh um, no, sorry, yeah.
0: sorry to interrupt you quickly. Mm. Um, also, you do have a background in music, dancing, drama. Yeah. So you, as a as a younger person, I mean, obviously you don't have to dive into it because yeah. of time constraints. But yeah, yeah. It, the, you do have, did have a prior background yes. to yes. to that I, kind of performer. environment. Yes, yeah. yeah,
1: I enjoyed being on stage. The the getting on stage part wasn't the, actually the part that freaked me out to be honest. Um the, the, I never ever had nerves about being in a bikini on stage. That honestly never ever ever concerned me. I wanted to make sure that my focus was the prep. Because I knew because I was a natural performer, because I knew that that wasn't something I struggled with. I knew that that wasn't the part that I would need to work on a hell of a lot. So I felt like I did have a bit of an advantage there. Like um, I didn't freeze up on stage. I never ever felt awkward on stage. I kind of felt, yeah, like I said, like I was at home. So as an
0: observer, as an observer at your second show, um, I must admit you did look very comfortable compared uh, to some of the other, uh, some of the other girls. And it was, I think only your second show. So, I mean, it looked like you'd been doing it for years. So can Oh, Thanks, you could, I'll take that. <laughs> you can pick it. You can as it's very interesting. Obviously, as a com- as a competitor, you you're not really focusing on the other people around you. Maybe yeah. when you're on stage, so you can't see it as much. But as a viewer, as a crowd member, and as a judge, I'm sure they can also see it. You can you can just pick up on somebody's vibe, somebody's yeah. confidence, and stage presence, and that does play into how your score is marked. So it yes. does make a big. It, it is it is a big deal in the bodybuilding space that. If you don't have the right stage presence, even though you may have a really good physique, someone might um, beat you if they are able to present their physique better and if they have the right vibe.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, for, for me, I think um, what was what stood out for me in that very, very first show, that Mr. and Ms. Uh, um, Body Beautiful essay in 2012 was, um, sure, I got – I know it wasn't meant to be um, – uh, to, to, to be a, a, a bit of like shade, but, um, I, I had a friend reach out to me. Now, bear in mind, I was living in Johannesburg. My entire friend circle and family were all living in Cape town, but out of the blue, I, um, had someone, a girl that I'd been studying with who I'd consider a good friend, basically reach out to me and like, she didn't mean to, but she basically body shamed me. She was like, you're looking too thin. What's going on? And I know she was coming from a place of concern because I think if you hadn't seen me for that year, uh, and they hadn't because I hadn't visited Cape Town in that year that we were living in Johannesburg, um, it just, yeah, I think I think that, that, that for me almost it cast a bit of a, um, bit of a shadow or a cloud over that first experience, I have to be honest um and i was very fortunate that first show i did i did with now there's a very very uh, she's one of the top bodybuilders in the WBFF which is another federation like we mentioned IFBB earlier guys um there's another federation called um WBFF and um there's a there's a there's a fitness model who's now one of their top B- WBFF um athletes she now lives in the states she's she's south african but she now lives in, in the us and um, I was very fortunate. We actually shared a stage. We um, we competed in the same category, and um, she could see how upset I was backstage. And that is one thing that I do love about about my experience of the of the sport is the camaraderie backstage. I never felt like. I mean, you literally are sitting next to people. You're competing, against. these they, they, they're supposed to be your like your enemy, you know, in inverted commas. <laughs> you know, um, they're the people you are literally like competing against. You should not, you yeah. know, they, you shouldn't be friends with these people, you know. But but that wasn't what, it, what what I found backstage. And I don't know if you found that as well, Stace. But there's a sense of like team element, even though you definitely are not a team. <laughs> um, yeah, there's like sharing of makeup and. Um, you know, oh, I didn't bring this. Oh, you're welcome to have some of mine. Or, you know, or oh, I left my one snack at home. Oh, yeah, one of – it's just very much like we're in this together kind of thing. Um, and um, the the athlete I'm talking about, her name is Ashley Frost. And Stacey, I actually think um, you should definitely get in touch with her. She's a sensational human. I follow her on Instagram, and we still chat every now and then. Um, she's she's such, such a sweetheart. But um, I absolutely to this day will never forget what she said to me, and that was 10 years ago. She said to me, she looked at me. She said, "I know that you're upset that your friend is, that your friend has said things that are hurtful, but do you feel like what she said is how you feel about you?" And look, in that moment, I didn't feel like that. Like I said earlier, in hindsight, I look back. Yes, I was too thin. I depleted too quickly. Um, you know, I probably did it too harder um, depletion, I probably shouldn't have done water dropping, you know, the, all these things, you know, hindsight, <laughs> hindsight's a bitch. But at that moment I felt good. I felt confident. Um, and what I loved, what Ashley said to me was, she said, but do you feel like that about yourself? And I said, mm-hmm. no. And she said, well, then who gives a, she didn't swear. Cause she, <laughs> she doesn't have a potty mouth like I do, but she's the long and short of what she says. Well, then who gives a fuck about what other people think?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a a good good segue into talking about the reactions of other people. Um, Did you notice the people close to you being different to you, not inviting you to things, or if they did, um, when you arrived, treating you in in a different way? Um, I didn't have it too bad. Mm. Um, but I'll I'll talk about my experience after you share yours. Okay. So did you so, did you, so you have Joburg, weirdness so, 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 or not?
1: Yeah, I did. So so Joburg um, people who I had people commenting who, in hindsight, again I look back now, I don't think they actually really cared about me. I think they just liked the fact that they felt they had a right to make an opinion or have, a, have an opinion about the way I look. Which, guys, full yeah. disclosure, nobody, nobody. No matter what you look like, no matter whether you consider yourself overweight, underweight, whether you look the best you've ever looked or you feel that you look the worst you ever looked, whatever, no other person on this planet has a right to comment on the way you look. No one has a right to have an opinion on your body and to tell you that what they think about what you look like, Okay. So that's yeah. the first Unless
0: thing I to say. I, I, I agree with Jade 100%. The only difference of opinion I would take there is that if – so maybe a bit of background. I'm a very honest and maybe at times brutal person, and that's just a, a, a personality trait of mine. I've done personality tests where it comes <laughs> up showing that I'm very um, disagreeable. Um, but if you need someone you? to be honest, <laughs> if you need someone to be honest with you and you want an honest assessment, no,
1: but if you I'm ask the perfect person.
0: Yes. If, you, if you, ask you ask someone,
1: someone their opinion, then that's I think it's a different, it's different. story. Yes, you're an invite. Yeah, in- you're inviting that into your space, but yes. no one out of their own accord without being invited into that option should ever have a right to be able to say anything about your body.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And also it's it, to me, I think it's, I have a similar opinion on parenting as well. Like Mm. if, if someone else is raising their child in a certain way, you do not have a right to interfere with that process as someone standing on the outside looking in, even if you've had 20 children and you think, you know better, it's not your place to say anything unless you're asked. I and have that opinion about clear, parenting as
1: well. Clear instance of abuse, but that's yeah, kind of yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, yeah, obviously, obviously. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. So um, yeah, so Joburg, not uh, random people. Like my got my boss at the time um, was showing in bracket in inverted commas concern. I don't think she was concerned. I think she was generally just annoyed at the fact that I had to take time off work to go and compete or whatever. Um, and then I mentioned that friend that I mentioned earlier about on, on the day when she saw my photographs on on Facebook. But, um, no, what I noticed was a big change was when I decided, so when we, we moved back to Cape Town and then, as I said, I went to that spinning class and I saw Jody, and then I thought, you know what, let me give this thing a go again, um, you know, because I'd kind of been a bit like, you know, <laughs> not, not necessarily traumatized from my Joburg experience with that show, but, like, I'd been a bit burnt, you know. I, yeah. I didn't want to go down that road again. I, admitted now, I admit now in hindsight um, it wasn't the right way to go about it, even with a coach. So, um, yeah, I was a bit apprehensive, but you know, because Jody is, um, you know, at, 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 you know, in that time of her life, when she was coaching, she was a big, um, um, advocate for natural bodybuilding. Um, she is vegan. Um, you know, she stood for a lot of principles and things that I felt were a lot more holistic and a lot more. Yeah, just more my vibe. I mean, I'm not a vegan, um, but yeah, I just, I really liked her approach and her outlook, outlook to bodybuilding. So when I started choosing to compete again and deciding to eat healthy and exercising a lot more again and getting slowly back and chilly back into it, my close friend circle, I could tell they genuinely didn't know what to do with me. They almost mm-hmm. didn't know like which box to categorize me into. They were like, but we were like, I mean, we'd call ourselves booze trolls and food trolls. I mean, those were literally like little, I mean, d- d- me- meant with love, not, not criticism at all, but we would eat well and drink well. I would say that's probably a really nice way to put it <laughs> on weekends, you know, go to wine farms and go out for dinners and da 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 So when one person in this group all of a sudden says, well, no, I'm, you know, not going to be doing that anymore. I'm not drinking. And I've also never been a big drinker. Let's be honest. But, um, you know, choosing to not drink at all, uh, like literally not even a glass. And now, you know, if we're going out for a dinner, I have to look at the the menu the, the day before or that day to make sure there's something I can eat. If there wasn't, I would then choose to eat before, and I would still come for the dinner. And I think it really, I think I really pissed off a lot of people, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and Without my meaning whole to- logic was, pardon?
0: Without meaning to,
1: without without meaning to, absolutely. I think because of the choices I was making in my life, for me, I felt like it, it it affected other people without me even realizing it would. My logic was, but I'm coming for dinner to spend time with you guys. It shouldn't matter whether I eat or not, or I don't eat. Um, you know, I'm coming there to be with you and for the joy enjoyment of the company. I'm not coming yeah. there for the meal, and that was sort of how I how I justified. Still being able to socialize in inverted commas um, when I was actually preparing and training for a
0: bodybuilding competition. And so did you?
1: Yeah.
0: Did you? I'm not sure if this is the same with with women, um, like so. I also had similar experiences. I think people. I for me it was a very drastic change because yeah. I've. I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm like a massive, massive drinker, but I'm definitely more of a party animal than most people. Oh, yeah. So, oh yeah, you are a jowler. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy I enjoy partying, but I obviously all of out of nowhere, all of a sudden, slammed brakes on that whole lifestyle, and mm. overnight, kind of went from being quite a jowler, not caring about what I ate to being very strict, not not drinking alcohol, not even having a glass of beer or a glass of yeah. wine at all. Yeah. So I think similar experience to Jade, like I think my friends almost didn't recognize me. They were like, who mm. is this person? Mm. And um, I think on one hand, there was a bit of concern because maybe I think some of them thought I, I wasn't able to enjoy myself now because I was yes. being very strict with myself, yes. but I, I was loving it, yes. and then on the other hand, I think it 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 kind of puts them. It I think maybe in an awkward position, like they don't know. Okay, we're yes. doing a wine tasting this next weekend coming. Stacy's not drinking. Do we invite him? If we yes. don't invite him, like, does it make him feel excluded? I don't know if 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 those are things that they thought, but it it did seem like it put them in a bit of an awkward spot when yes. inviting me to certain events and things. So. Do they I ever chat to you said, about
1: it? Do they ever like talk to you about it and ask, or just not their really? Own
0: they, they just. I just, I just got the feeling that when I was in their company, that they, they were almost unsure of of how to handle it. Like because they're all having a drink and chowing, and I'm kind of just standing there talking and, <laughs> and still socializing. Like I love in socializing, but I, I don't know. It, I got the sense that me not drinking somehow impacted them. Brought, yeah. It, 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 like
1: And don't you, don't you find that like, I don't know about you, but I kind of got the feeling like my not drinking, and maybe this is where you were going with this. You're not drinking almost made them like, almost feel like their excessive drinking was highlighted more.
0: I think so. I think there was a, there was a bit of that also because I was, you know, in my mid twenties, maybe there's also a bit of immaturity of sort of, not knowing how to cope with that situation as a young adult. Yeah, um, that's fair, I think. Yeah, but I, I just I just said to everyone, look guys, don't worry about me. I am yeah. enjoying myself. I think I think maybe in in retrospect, as a young person or as young people, the circles that I was was in part of being young was having fun and, and having a drink and having a party. So maybe they couldn't imagine
1: not doing that,
0: having fun without having alcohol. Yeah, I think,
1: yeah.
0: I think in that circle, it, it was very much linked to having fun. But, like you've but, got but to, to, to have f- a drink. But to, to be have fair, fun.
1: in your in your friend's defence, I think that is a perception when you are young. That how, yeah. why on earth would you go to a joel and not go out partying, or whether it's a bri or you know or barbecue for more of the international uh, listeners, um, or a house party or a club? Why would you? Why on earth would you do that sober?
0: Yeah. Um, exactly. Why would you why would you put yourself in that environment if you're going to be dead sober? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and how did that make you feel? You know, how did you how did that yeah, how did you feel in terms that it impacted the dynamic of you and your you your and your friendships?
0: I was quite chilled about it. The mm-hmm. only thing that I did find myself experiencing, especially when I was dieting quite hard, um I found that I would get a little bit ticked off when people ca- carried on sort of with the same rhetoric. So for example, if I'm at a a bar, we go to a bar, um, then, you know, a mate saying like, are you sure you don't just want to have like one beer, you know, one beer oh, won't hurt. Yes. And like just saying, you know, no, I'm good. I'll just have a water or I'll have a, Sparkling water, which is mm. for Americans, like a club soda type thing. Yes. Um, and then, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, like, are you sure you don't want to have a beer? You know, like it's just one, just like that repetitive. Ugh. yeah. Um, yeah. And like, and the funny thing is that I think a lot of people chalked it up to like what they would think, oh, he's probably got roid rage because he's like getting annoyed. But imagine, <laughs> imagine yourself being in any other environment and people asking you the same question multiple times and every time you see them. So like not really catching the hint. So, you know, I mean, yes, maybe, maybe it was roid rage or maybe it was the fact that repetitive questioning on the same line of questioning from your friends is annoying. I I don't
1: like, you know, look, I, I have to say, and I think Stacey would agree here. Full disclosure, um, you know, especially if, if our friends are going to be listening to this, you know, I don't think any friend of ours saying or doing things that, you know, in, in line with all of this was ever done maliciously or ever meant no. from a bad place.
0: No, I don't but think I so. Think, I think I they th- were doing it from for my friends. I think they, they really thought that if I just had that one beer, it would make my whole experience of that situation a bit better for me. I think they, yes. were, they truly were worried about me. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I do think, um, and, I, and I agree with you, like I, I would say the same for my friends as well. I don't think it was coming from a malicious place or a place of um, not wanting what was best for me and not wanting me. And I'm sure Stacey would be in his instance as well. It's not that they didn't want us to to be competing and that it's not that they didn't want us to be working towards something where we did well in. I think it's they genuinely just they just didn't know what to do with us. <laughs> it was just yeah. We, we, they they just and I think maybe they'd agree with this as well. Maybe not. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to have a discussion with them if they you know if they do end up hear, listening to this. Uh, but maybe it also made them feel a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe yeah. it made them feel a little bit like, sure. Um, I don't. Yeah, I feel weird drinking and jolling and having a good time and looking over at you and seeing that you're drinking water. Um, and I always. I I kind of find myself, maybe it's my default setting, but I generally find myself getting a little bit defensive in my instances like that. And I'd often say to them, but I don't have a problem with you drinking beer or drinking whatever you're drinking. So why does what I'm drinking, why does that affect you? What does that got to do with you? And I often find myself saying things like that. Um, And it just, yeah, it did really like tick me off. I'm I'm not going to lie because it's my life. It's my body and what I choose to do with it is my right and my choice. It's mine. Just like if you're going to sit at home all weekend or wherever you are eating pizza and shoving junk food down your throat all weekend and getting boozed up with liters and liters of alcohol, it's not my right to make a comment. So Yeah. yeah, I just, I just, I just, what I found funny or interesting from my experience was that, um, you know overeating and drinking wasn 't seen as a problem, but here's someone doing something on the other side of the extreme coin so that 's one side of the extreme coin right over drinking yeah. and overeating right that is extreme the, someone on the other side of the coin who's also you know I would I would, I would I would argue that to an extent depending on who you are, bodybuilding can be seen as extreme, fine, fair enough, whatever. And yet, I was the one being criticized,
0: yeah, because what I, I was doing you, was
1: socially unacceptable almost
0: oh what you're doing was also you like the outlier, everyone else is yes, everyone else is doing one thing, but you're the only one that's not yes, exactly. so I think that's also um we can maybe start wrapping up soon,, yes. and we can always pick up on this again another time, but I think going back to um, talking about things that maybe people that are trying to get into the sport or thinking about getting into the sport, uh, what what I can say is that's why I think one of the reasons why bodybuilding can be so lonely is because these kinds of things ha- must happen to people across the board. And if you're not, unfortunately, I didn't have a group of mates that were um, that were bodybuilders. So I think... Yes the best thing that I I can think of in that situation is to actually have a group of mates who are all invested yes. in in competing and having Absolutely, that kind of an boy. experience. I'm so glad because, you said that. Yeah. You know, like I, I unfortunately never had that. Um, but Zesi,
1: what I have to give to you though, is that although you didn't necessarily have a, a crew of mates who you could like gym together and who like shared that experience in terms of what, you know, they were also competing. Um, you are very you're the you you're very um, you know who you are, and yeah. um, you're a very confident person. So I think when you make a decision of yourself, you back yourself. You yeah. don't need you don't lack. You're not an insecure person. Yes, we all have insecurities. Yeah. I don't think any human being is without insecurities. But for the most part, I would say you're a very self assured, self aware, um, confident person. You don't. Although in hindsight, you probably would have liked to have um, you know a little b- bodybuilding posse <laughs> team. Um, I, I, that didn't stop you.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think don't let don't let it stop you. I mean, obviously, different people are different, and mm. some people it might be it might be the case that you know ostracizing yourself a bit from your group of friends maybe that's maybe that's the deal breaker for you to not compete. But um, I think. If you feel that it's right for you, as I mean Jade always talks about this. She, she brought it up in our in our first conversation, and she's spoken about it again today. At the end of the day, you've got to do what makes you happy, um, yep. and you've got to do what you want. I I often reflect back on my life. I'm now thirty two, turning thirty three next month, and I regret more the things that I didn't do. Yes. Than the things that I did do. Yes. I, yes, I've made, a, I've made a lot of mistakes along the road, but the mistakes that I, that I regret the most are the ones that I never ended up doing. And I think to myself, oh, but you had an opportunity to do it and you didn't yes. do it in that moment and now you're never going to have an opportunity to do it again. Yes. So, just remember that. If you are unsure of something, if you are on the cusp of deciding whether to compete or not, remember that when you are older when you're 40 when you're 15 you look back in your life what are you going to regret more you're going to regret regret the fact that you stepped on stage and placed last or you're going to regret the fact that you never actually gave yourself a chance of play of stepping on stage and placing in the top five or whatever it could be yeah yeah
1: absolutely absolutely yeah and i think you know it, 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 I, w- I was very lucky just just also just to sum up like i was very fortunate on the other side as much as my close group of friends, you know, shame. they really meant no harm—and they're still funny enough. They're literally still my besties to this day because they're just a, such a special group of humans. Um, but I, I, I genuinely, genuinely think just as like I was navigating these bodybuilding waters for the first time, really, and I was sort of just sort of learning as I go. They were also just trying to figure me out and learn as they go as well. But I was. I was very lucky, unlike Stacy, I did have a group of bodybuilding friends. Uh, there were a group of, of, of girls, and we all kind of gymmed together. We were all in different categories and stuff. We weren't competing necessarily against one another. Uh, and also, you must remember in bodybuilding, guys, even if you're both competing, for example, in the physique category, I don't know about the men's um, uh, section, but women, it also you get divided up into height as well. I don't know if for men it's weight or height, but um, certain height, you're in category A. And then if, you, uh, if you're slightly taller than that, everyone taller than that and above is in category B. Yeah, so, it,
0: depends on, it depends on the division you're competing in. So for ah, the, the okay. division I competed in, physique division, it is based on height. Okay. Um, but then for obviously for open bodybuilding, it's weight-based.
1: Okay. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, so I was very fortunate. I did have a group of girls – who we we so we were trained together. Then we go for breakfast together, and ha how, how refreshing to be able to go for breakfast with a group of people, and no one's staring at you because you're having a black americano, and you're having um, uh, you know slice of toast, no butter, two po- poached eggs, um, no oil, tomatoes, mushrooms. Please only use spray and cook.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I often I often wondered um to myself when i would go and eat places yeah if i was an annoyance to kitchen staff around the cape town eatery <laughs> scene because
1: i oh, no, always back. had to have
0: special yeah always had to have special requests you know i often oh, wondered yeah. about that i often chuckled chuckle to myself about that being like oh not the soak again he's coming and he's asking for his special <laughs> his special but requests you, but you
1: know what just last thing quickly i know we have to we have to wrap up but um I think 10 years ago maybe even 5 6 years ago and 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 older yes maybe annoyance maybe we were the exception but now that health and wellness is and, and and I don't when I mean health and wellness I don't necessarily mean bodybuilding but health and wellness in general and people watching what they eat is so much it's happening so much more I am yeah. no longer the Nigel no friends at the table asking for the exclusions and change this in the food and opt this out and put this in. It's very much more and more now. I'm seeing it with my friends. um, People are more, a a, a lot more aware of what they're eating now and what they're consuming. Uh, Well, that's what I'm finding in Cape town in South Africa. I don't know about internationally, but um, yeah, yeah, it's when I'm saying, you know, no oils, you spray and cook. (laughs) Um, I'm not, I don't have the eye rolls from everyone at the table anymore. (laughs) Or maybe they're just so used to me now they're desensitized. I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I think you're right there. I think there is definitely a huge movement towards awareness and what people are putting in their bodies. I think there's a lot more, a lot more. What is the word I'm looking for? There's a lot more uh, emphasis and ownership. Yeah, a lot, lot, lot more emphasis on you know on what you're putting into your body. Is it healthy? Where's it coming from? Yes. And those kinds of things, you know. I think there's a lot Absolutely. more a lot more of a marketplace for it as well. Because obviously there's businesses now that that can fill those niches and realize they can make money. Because I think that was the big thing back in the day. They a lot of a lot of the big chain businesses probably thought to themselves, well, how many people are there that want grass fed beef? Maybe it's a handful of people. Now everyone wants to eat grass fed beef. So yep. I think once once the markets realized that people wanted it, they they, pivot, they were able to pivot. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a big
0: part of it as well.
1: Sure, my boy. There's so much more we could talk about this. I mean, there are things like the key things, and maybe you can add it into the comments uh, afterwards. So just a few definitions like we spoke about. We covered distilled water. We covered peak week. We didn't really dive into what that actually means. It's these sort of bodybuilding-isms Yes. That, um yes. We can maybe just—I have I don't know—like have like a glossary of terms or something.
0: Yeah, I will. Um, I will add. I, I'll do that for the for the listeners. I'll add some some glossary of terms in there, and then also I think we used a few maybe South Africanisms like "jol," which to those people who don't know what it means, it means to go and party. It's an Afrikaans yes. word for party. So <laughs> I'll, I'll I always I always check through it again and make sure that I I've explained some of the things that we talk about.
1: Sham, thanks so much. This was so good. Always, yeah, love these it's great with you, man.
0: Always love to to catch up and chat because I think um, it's very weird. Like I think we are we have a very tight relationship, but I think we we don't often. I think maybe this is true of everyone. You you don't often get the chance to sit with somebody like this and speak one on one for an hour about certain things that you've done in your life, and it, yes. it's a for me. I think it's a lovely time for me to actually reflect on the decisions that I made and the things that I did. And and I sometimes realize that I'm only processing and maybe even rationalizing legitimately or illegitimately rationalizing my choices when I'm talking to you about them, because you don't, I've never actually done this before. You know, I don't sit down with somebody and say, well, right, this is, this is what happened. Boom, boom, boom. And talk about it. It's a really nice way to to process and think about the past.
1: Absolutely. Almost like introspecting but out loud. It's like a dear diary moment.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. It feels like that. It's it's very cathartic. It's very good. Very,
1: very cathartic. Very cathartic. Thanks so much for having me, man. Appreciate it. No
0: problem. Awesome. You are welcome anytime, but I think you know that already.
1: Thanks, my boy. Love you lots.
0: Love you lots. eh? Ciao. Bye. And that marks the end of this week's show. A huge thank you to Jade for coming on and giving up her time. And a massive thank you to all the listeners. I couldn't do the show without you. This week, I'd like those of you who haven't already followed me on Instagram to jump on and search Speaking to Stacey. That's speaking, the number two, and Stacey. That would be great. I would really, really appreciate the support. Have a lovely week. And as always, stay lean.